Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. I hope you guys are doing good today. Today is Tuesday, October the 26th, and I'm coming on here today to encourage you and talk a little bit about what the word courage means and how we live it out in the culture today. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Are you weary? I hear that word everywhere I go these days. People are weary from the pandemic, weary from what's happening in our schools, weary from what's happening in our state capital, and perhaps most of all, people are weary from the feckless leadership in Washington, D.C. But I've got good news for you guys. My name is Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District. I need your support so I can be your voice in Washington, D.C., and together we can bring sanity and hope back to this weary land. To join my team, please visit me online, HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, As always, you know, I keep looking ahead, and I was just telling my husband, I cannot believe how quickly the month of October is going by. It's absolutely crazy. And uh, you guys are going to be so excited. Um, Alexander Stone's coming back on the show with me. going to be talking to the producers later on this week of uh, Schoolhouse Rocked. That was the movie about homeschooling that uh, I worked with about three years ago. And they're getting ready to release it. But there are so many things that are coming up that I want you to be encouraged about. And I'm just going to continue to encourage you as we move forward that what we're facing right now, this crisis of courage, I keep telling you, it's not a virus at the 99.9% survival rate. This is a crisis of courage. And we we want to stand up and say we are who God says we are. So how can we have courage? You heard me uh, just last week. I had an amazing woman on the show with me today. Uh, Tammy Hayhoe was my guest last Friday, and she was talking about this, uh, what her family's doing. This can this Canadian family, they're not even uh, U.S. citizens. They can't even vote. And yet they have demonstrated tremendous courage in the fight for liberty and the fight for freedom. And that's really what this is about right now. So what is courage? So how can you teach your kids to have courage? Uh, you First, you have to understand what it is. This courage is the ability to do something difficult even when there is a risk. I'm going to say that again. Courage is the ability to do something difficult, even when there's a risk. So courageous people do and say what they think is right, despite opposition. And boy, I'll tell you what, if there was ever a time for us to do that, the time is right now. A time for us to do things that are hard, to demonstrate for our children what it means to be courageous in the face of being mocked openly. This is the time to do it. And we want our kids, you know, I'm saying it a hundred million times, we can't pass on what we don't possess. And so if we want our kids to act courageously, then we need to act courageously. And the Bible has a lot to say about courage. Uh, Over and over and over again, you know, we hear the Bible talking about being strong and courageous. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, this is the Apostle Paul, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Nothing. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The labor that we make as we as we stand for truth, you know, people keep saying, well, this isn't the same thing. You know, God doesn't care. Yes, he does. 
when you recognize that you are being lied to, you have a responsibility to stand for righteousness and to stand for truth. And we need to do it. In 1 Chronicles 28, 20, David said to Solomon, be strong and courageous. Remember, Solomon is David's son. And as Solomon's getting ready to take his place, he's saying, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord, my God, is with you. I love that David didn't say the Lord, your God is with you in this instance. He said, the Lord, my God is with you. David, who had had a lot of experience by this point in his life in walking with the Lord, he had struggled to find his way. He sinned and God forgave him. And there were consequences, right, for his sin. But he said, don't be afraid or discouraged. The Lord, my God, is with you. David knew a thing or two about walking with the Lord. And they went on to say, he will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. In other words, you got you have a job to do. And God wants you to do it. And I think right now, as we're facing, you know, some some very uncertain times and a lot of people frustrated and wondering what in the world is is uh, is going on around them, we see over and over again that God asks us to stop asking questions and start obeying to walking this thing out in obedience. That's why I love what the Hayhoe family is doing so much. When Joshua was getting ready to succeed Moses, I mean, can you guys imagine stepping into those shoes? Moses, who led the children of Israel out of slavery, Moses, who had a stuttering problem, and God was like, I think you're the guy, you're you're the spokesperson. The Bible says that Moses prepared Joshua by telling him to be strong and courageous. Look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Shion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you. And you must do to them all that I have commanded you. See, God understood evil. And all throughout the scriptures, we learn that there is such a thing as good and evil. And so when the Israelites were given instruction, it wasn't just, you know, this willy-nilly, oh, here's a here's a thing that you could do and do it if you want. No, God was saying, you're in a battle. And obey me and do what I tell you to do and I'll deliver you. And then finally, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or afraid because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you or forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid 
Do not be discouraged. It's back to courage again. It requires courage, the ability to do something difficult, even when there's a risk, to do and say what you know is right, even when there's opposition. And guess what we know about the Lord? He honors courage. He honors it. When God asks us to walk in obedience, we can trust that there's a blessing. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He doesn't say to be strong in anybody else's power and anyone else's strength. He says, be strong in the Lord. God wants to be with you. David knew this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I guess I could ask you guys that right now. Is the Lord your light and your salvation? And if he is, why are you afraid? Is the Lord the stronghold of your life or isn't he? My grandmother used to say to me, Heidi, you either believe God's word or you don't. He's either good or he isn't. Your hands are either in his times or they're not. And David knew this in Psalm 56. He said, when I'm afraid, I'll put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? This is a good question to ask ourselves right now. It's a good question to ask our children. And we need to be sober-minded about what's happening around us because I really do believe one of these days we're going to be standing before the Lord. The Bible teaches us and we will give an account for how we lived our life. Over and over and over again in the Bible, we learn be strong, be courageous, stand firm in the faith, wait for the Lord, trust in the Lord. In Psalm 23, David, one of the most famous Psalms in all of, in all the Psalms, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what it means to trust in the Lord. That even though we walk through the darkest valley, we don't fear because we know that God is with us. And we know that this world is not our home, that we don't seek to stay here. We seek a city to come whose architect and builder is God. Courage is either being demonstrated right now for our children or it isn't. And as God's people and as the shepherds of the next generation, we must have courage. It's more important now than it ever has. And I want to encourage you today to trust the Lord. Psalm 127 says, They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast because they trust in the Lord. And I guess I would ask you that, you know, whatever you're doing today, if you're doing your dishes, if you're in the shower, if you're folding your laundry, if you're driving your car, does that characterize you? Would you say, yeah, that that's me. 
That's absolutely me. I'm not afraid of bad news. My heart is steadfast. I'm not worried about what the next headline is going to be. I'm not worried about the next illegal, wicked, unconstitutional, abhorrent mandate. Because I'm free. And because the Lord loves me. You guys were born for this time in human history. So I want to just encourage you today, as we head into the week, be strong and courageous and know who you are and instruct your children to know who they are. I'm going to take a couple of your questions today. You guys are sending me questions fast and furious. If you want me to answer your question here at the podcast, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash Mailbox Monday. That's the way to do it. Or you can always leave a message for me at anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And that's the way to do it. This one came from Marilyn in New York. Heidi, we have a business with around 60 employees. We recently discovered one of our employees of less than a year is a witch. I don't even dig into exactly what that means, but she's a very dark person and even brought a mini Ouija board for her desk. There is a fine line between witnessing to her, which we do as much as we can, and drawing the line because she is bringing dark things into our place of work. How would you handle the scenario? I appreciate your input from one mom to another, one woman to another, one Christ follower to another. Thank you, Marilyn. So uh, I think it's probably important to say what what you already know, and that is this. The occult, witchcraft, is nothing to mess around with. And the Bible tells us that we are to have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but he says, rather expose them. And you have an opportunity right now in your place of work to be a light to this woman, but you also want to be very careful not to expose the people in your place of business to darkness. This is the place that you are responsible for overseeing. And as I have said, you know, many times on the podcast, uh, it's very important that we live as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, right? This is the Apostle Paul instructing us, listen, you're there for Christ's ambassadors as if he were making his appeal through you. And so what does it look like in the workplace to make your appeal to uh, this person who is obviously uh, engaging in something that you know to be wrong? Well, the Bible, the, the, the Bible is very clear about witchcraft, by the way. We talked a little bit about Halloween yesterday. It's one of the reasons why, you know, as I've gotten older, I've thought less and less of it, you know, not to, uh, I, I just want to stay away from it because it is, it's real. And there are supernatural forces at work in, in the world right now. And God takes witchcraft very seriously. And in fact, in the Bible, the, uh, under Mosaic law, the penalty for practicing witchcraft was death. First uh, Chronicles ten thirteen tells us that Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord. He did not keep the word of the Lord and even consulted a medium for guidance. In the New Testament, sorcery is translated uh, from the Greek word pharmakia, from where we get our word pharmacy. Dun dun dun! It's a whole other podcast. So uh, witchcraft and spiritism, uh, something that we as Christians absolutely want to stay away from. And so I would encourage you as you're, you know, working your way through this issue to keep in mind that what you're dealing with when you're talking about witchcraft, anything that has to do with the occult, uh, this is serious. But I know that God can also work through it. And so I'm going to actually link back. To, uh, there's Witchcraft is a very subtle, seducing um 
uh, you know, gateway into darkness. And we have to address it in the church. We don't talk to it. We don't talk about it very much uh, in the church. But I think, uh, as I have talked to people who have been set free from this, you know, our kids actually totally get drawn into because they think it's fun. Um, Ouija boards, you know, it's entertaining, but these things eventually become a stronghold. And then you get into the occult without even knowing it. And so you're wise to be very, very careful about where you are right now in watching this person. And I would, I would be encouraging her, Hey, listen, you know, our family, we, you know, we're not going to allow you to bring anything that would bring darkness into this building. You cannot bring a Ouija board to work. That's what I'd be doing. Uh, and if she's unwilling to abide by what you guys are asking her to do, then you would have grounds to let her go. So I agree with you. There's a fine line between witnessing to her and, uh, and, and then saying, Hey, you know, we are not allowing you to bring these dark things into this place of business. And you guys have responsibility for that. So I'm going to link back to an article or two in the show notes today, which I think will be, um, helpful for you. Uh, I've got one more question and then I'm going to be uh, done for today. Trina from Saskatoon, uh, in Canada. Oh my goodness. Saskatchewan. Uh, my two daughters, 16 and 15 are pushing for me to allow them to get the vaccine. They go to a Christian school and the school will be going to very different choir performance to, to different choir performances at the university. They will not be allowed to go as they have to be fully vaxxed in order to enter the university grounds. I am very much against the mandates, even more than the safety of it. I am more annoyed at being told what to do. How do I handle this? The mandates have taken away so many things for our family. Uh, Trina, you're not alone. The mandates have taken away things for many, many families. And this is a sad time for freedom. And I would just encourage you not to go against your conscience. You are their parent. And I, I still have no confidence that in a couple of years, we're not still going to be seeing one devastating result after another, because we've been forced to, to uh, participate in what can only be called an experiment. These vaccines are being given under experimental orders. In other words, they don't have to go through the rigorous testing that a vaccine would normally have to go under. And we are rushing these things to market. This is very concerning to me. And I would say, trust your instinct. Just because your 16 and 15 year old are pushing you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And the mandates have taken away many, many things for lots of people. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their pensions, their livelihoods, their families, their, uh, their communities. This is demonic on its face. And I would just encourage you, you know, get, get on your face with the Lord. And if the Lord doesn't give you peace, then that is your responsibility with your daughters. And I would tell them that this is a sad time. It's a sad time for freedom. It's a sad time uh, in Canada. It's a sad time in the United States, but we're not going to get ahead of this thing or away from it until we start standing for freedom and shame on your Christian school for this. Shame on them. I would be, I would be, well, you guys know me, I'd be homeschooling so fast and make your head spin. So uh, that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And uh, we really have so much to be uh, fighting for right now. You guys stand for freedom, fight for freedom. Uh, it is worth fighting for. I'm going to, I'm going to continue to say it and hope that somebody somewhere is listening. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much for continuing to put your questions here at the podcast. If you want your questions answered again, that's HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Please leave reviews for this show over at iTunes. It really helps us to get the rating up and also get this podcast out to more people. And I would be so blessed if you would support my run for Congress financially. We are trying to raise $250,000 by the end of the quarter. And uh, that money needs to be raised by 
individuals. And so if you would support my run for Congress, give until it hurts. We are at a very, very crucial time in the country right now. And my voice will be a voice for freedom in the whole of the United States coming from Southwest Washington State. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow with a guest at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.